Hey, it's Lisa Ann here. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the More Than Social podcast. I'm a digital marketing expert, self-development junkie, and your go-to for all things marketing, ads, and automation. I'm so excited that you popped by to hang out with me today, so let's dive right into the topic. Hey there, welcome back to another episode on the More Than Social podcast. I am really excited about today's guest because she's an expert in all things social media and influencer marketing. As entrepreneurs, we know how important it is to grow our client base, get our message out there, create content that's effective for our brand. Influencer marketing is amazing. So with everything changing online all the time, I wanted to bring in an influencer who knows exactly what to do and she can teach you how to actually hire an influencer for your business to be able to reach a warmer audience. So sit back, grab a coffee, do whatever it is that you need to do, but let's dive right in to the episode. Hey, Emily, welcome to the More Than Social podcast. Thanks for having me. Of course, I'm so excited to dive in. You obviously live a very interesting life that a lot of nine to fivers probably dream about. So before we dive into all my questions, why don't you give our listeners a little insight of who you are, what you do, even the lifestyle that you get to live working online? Absolutely. So I'm Emily. I'm a colorful content creator and lifestyle blogger based in St. Petersburg, Florida. I've been fortunate to work with many different brands and gain some expertise as a content creator. I love sharing my tips with fellow content creators looking to break into the biz. Amazing. I love it. I love it. So what does it mean? So I'm going to say an influencer. Is that how you like to describe yourself if you're keeping it simple? Content creator or influencer, but I think influencer is the term most people know. All right. So as an influencer, what does everyday life look like being an influencer? Oh my gosh. Every day is so, so different. So I could be spending all day editing TikToks or reels. I could be out shooting content. I could be storyboarding content. I could be behind the desk doing pitch emails. There's definitely a little more, not as glamorous side to it, but every bit of it is a whole lot of fun. And every day is different, which can be a beautiful thing, but also a challenging thing. Yeah. Some people love that structure of here's the same thing that you got to do every single day. But for me, I mean, I work online too. So I like the flexibility of whatever comes our way, but also a little bit of structure at the same time. So it's, it's that balancing act for me personally. Absolutely. And it's really nice to have that creative freedom. Absolutely. Now, when you are doing, so you mentioned pitches, are you pitching brands for you to create content for them? Or are you pitching for clients to get influencers to create content for them? Ooh, good. A little bit of both, actually. (laughs) So I do a lot of pitching for myself and for my branded collaborations. I've been fortunate to work with great brands like Anheuser-Busch, McDonald's, CVS, Sephora, Pantene, Target, the Container Store. It's really just been so incredible. I've gotten to work with so many great brands and I've really honed my networking skills throughout that process. And it kind of led me to another path where I started working with other fellow content creators on pitching themselves to brands as well. And I also do a little bit of work on the brand side. (laughs) So (laughs) a little bit of dipping a toe in a lot of different areas, wearing a lot of different hats for sure. Amazing. So Sephora, let's just say, or Pantene, doesn't matter, even McDonald's, any of these brands that everyone just happens to know, what does that process look like? So you pitch to them saying like, saying what? 
So I'll pitch to them. I'll kind of give them my spiel. I'm Emily. I'm a colorful content creator based in Florida. I've got my devoted audience of over 30,000 across channels, and they reside in key markets like Florida, Texas, California, New York. And I'll kind of explain how I align or how my audience aligns with their target demo. So I'll give some info about the age ranges. I'll give some info about common interests that my audience may have and really just tie it into their brand. So I'll give a little more info about why I like the brand, how it's a natural fit into my lifestyle. And then we kind of take it from there. Okay. Okay. And then, so when you are pitching them, so you're selling yourself essentially, is it typically, Mm -hmm. Hey, send me products and I'll create content for you or what, how does that work? So it's been, it's been that way at some times in my career, but I've moved on to mostly paid collaborations, but you know, at times I take gifted collaborations. If it's the right fit, it just Mm -hmm. depends. Okay. So gifts, obviously self-explanatory. You send you products, you'd create content for your audience to see how you're using it from a paid perspective. And I know this is going to be a very broad answer to give, but as a business owner, if I'm going to be hiring you to create content for me, is there like a range of a price that business owners can expect to pay an influencer? It absolutely varies. I know there are a lot of resources out there where you can kind of get a better feel. I've used one called FYPM. It's F-U, pay me. (laughs) That's what it's called, but it's FYPM. Um, And you have to apply to get in. But I know that that's that's a good one where influencers can kind of look up what the going rate is. And I believe brands may be on there as well. There's also a lot of different influencer platforms where brands can apply on their side to be connected with different content creators and influencers and will provide our rate and they can kind of go in and accept it or not. And I know also TikTok does this. I'm not sure if any of the other platforms do, but TikTok has a creator marketplace where brands can go in and view content creators and see if they've worked with brands before through TikTok, what their going rate is. And they can kind of pitch them and see if they're interested in working together. So that's a couple things I would recommend looking into when you're trying to gauge pricing. Okay. Okay. And then what about like packages and stuff? So obviously either send me products or pay me to promote you, but is there like specific amount of posts that you should be doing a day? Like what's kind of like the average that you do with your clients? Yeah. So I love packages. I know as a content creator, it's really nice to have that stability of a package where you're working maybe even month to month with a brand. You're working on a longer term collaboration because we do have to pay our bills, right? So I really like those longer term collaborations. I do them, you know, as long as six months with the option to extend. So it really depends. There are so many different types of packages as well, but I typically like to package for example, an Instagram reel with a repost to TikTok and a story post that I can actually link to the product or service. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then when you're linking it to the product or service, do you like you always see use my code for 20% off that type of thing? Is that the main thing that you do or is it just linking to their website and they like how do they track it's coming from you? So typically I provide analytics after a collaboration. I'll just send okay. screenshots to the brand. Some of them have their own tracking system. Some of the platforms 
that brands use to connect with content creators have their own tracking systems. So it really just depends. But when you're looking for somebody to work with, I would just make sure that they've done a couple collabs in the past and they should be able to provide you with some updated analytics. And you can even ask for analytics prior to the collab so that you know kind of what what to look for in a sponsored post. Okay, cool. And then, so if I'm hiring you, let's just say, if this is my first time ever hiring an influencer for my business and I'm actually the one searching out you versus you coming to me, what should I be looking for? Like, let's just say I'm scrolling your Instagram or your TikTok. Like, what is the main things that I need to pay attention to? Absolutely. So definitely authenticity. We want to make sure that that content creator isn't just throwing stuff out there and just hoping it catches on. You want to see that they have a really nice engaged audience that is constantly interacting with their content. I, you know, likes and followers can help a little bit, but they're really more vanity metrics. I would kind of go to the comments and see what that looks like, see that they're they're getting good engagement from people who follow them. And I would just make sure that they seem legit, of course. And it doesn't hurt to ask for those analytics, like I mentioned. So I've, I've sent screenshots of my analytics to brands before working with them, just to make sure that it's a mutual fit, right? I mean, I want the collaboration to go well, too. So mm-hmm. having that set expectation of kind of what sponsored content typically performs like, I think really helps you gauge that it's going to be a success. Amazing. Okay. And now people send messages all day long to people on Instagram saying, Hey, I love what you're posting. I think you'd be great fit for our brand. We would like you to be an ambassador, whatever they say, but you have to purchase something to get the discount or you get a discount if you purchase first. Thoughts on that? Ooh, it's a no-no for me. (laughs) I know that it can be enticing at first, especially if it's like an exciting brand. But even if it's, that's especially when you should say no, is when it's a known brand and and they have the budget to pay you or at least gift you product. Mm -hmm. You should definitely be saying no. You should not ever have to pay anything to work with a brand. Okay, amazing. Okay, so... Going back to I'm the business owner, I'm reaching out to you specifically, I've gone through someone's Instagram, I've looked at their comments, I see that they're really engaging. How what is the best way to approach you? Is it through the DMs on social media? Or how have you found a specific strategy works best for you? I mean, I don't mind a DM. And then I'll usually move the conversation over to email, it just keeps everything a little bit cleaner. And then we can have a chain where we can look back and see what we agreed to. I I'm also at the point in my career where I I do need a contract when I'm working with a brand. I need to make sure that we're both on the same page and we're agreeing on the deliverables needed. So that's usually what I like. (laughs) They just popped up. (laughs) Yeah, they're always welcome. All right, so you have that contract, but so in an email you would suggest just from having that chain, absolutely. But does it typically start within the DMs, do you find, and then moves to email or do you get more messages coming straight through email? I think a combination of both, but I always move them to email eventually. Okay, cool. And then from a sweet spot, if I'm trying to hire you, is there any like clever things that business owners can say to kind of engage with that person to encourage them to want to be an influencer for them if they need to? Like, let's just say it's not a big brand that everyone knows. It's a smaller business just getting started. I mean, I would say money talks, but I know in the case of a smaller business, you know, 
that might not be an option so much. So I think just looking for an authentic fit and making sure that your product could actually organically fit into the content creator's life and what they're sharing online, that's going to be a much easier sell than a product that just doesn't make sense for their niche. Okay, Okay, cool. Now, macro versus micro people, I mean, those you listening, you may not know what I'm talking about right now, but macro influencer versus micro influencer. I would just say you're a micro influencer. What's like the main difference between hiring macro versus micro, or do you see any benefits of going one direction over the other from a business perspective? Yeah. So, I mean, it can go both ways for sure. I'd say for the businesses that we're likely talking about, your target audience, that's going to be more of a good fit for a micro influencer because the macro influencer, you're typically going to have to pay them very handsomely. And they actually might not be able to drive as much conversion. They might have a greater reach, but their audience may not be as engaged as the the reach of the micro-influencers. So it's kind of a, a common misconception. People are looking for content creators that have a huge following and they want to know that they're going to reach a ton of people, but it's really about engagement, quality over quantity, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. It's like, you'll see a celebrity or something posting about I top one that popped in my head was Austin Matthews has his skates. So he's always posting about that. Like, yeah, from a hockey perspective, Bates, you may not know who Austin Matthew is, but hockey perspective, yes, that's gonna be important. But if you're gonna do something random with him it may not go as far versus if yeah. I know, like and trust you already, and you're posting about a mascara, the likelihood that I'll probably do it is more likely in my opinion. Absolutely. All right. So I want to pick your brain a bit about trends. How the heck do you stay on top of all of this? It's always changing, especially from your standpoint with creating content, especially for brands. You want them to be engaging. You want them to be creative. You want like you as the influencer, you actually want to see those conversions happen with the business. So how do you stay on top of everything? Oh my gosh. It is definitely a lot to keep up with. That's for sure. But for me, I look at my analytics constantly. I'm always in there looking to see what's performed well. Brands can do that too when they're looking at their social content. But I would say be a user of the platforms. Like I fully give you permission to scroll TikTok, to scroll Instagram, whatever it is. And there are also so many people out there that are sharing tips and they'll be sharing different trends. And I think consuming content is really the best way to get to know it. So I know it's a good excuse to go on TikTok and waste an afternoon, but (laughs) I fully give you permission to do that. It's the best way to learn. Yeah. Go to the beach, scroll, do what you think. But is it the ones that pop out to you that you pay attention to mostly? Or are you physically looking for the ones that have the highest views and stuff like that? I kind of pick the ones that pop out to me and what makes sense for my brand mostly. Okay. Okay, cool. And then are you actually creating the content directly on the app? So let's say on TikTok or on Instagram, or do you have any other apps that you use? So I do a combination. Usually, sometimes I'll edit in one app and post to the other, but I make sure there are no watermarks. When you're working with content creators, you want to make sure they're, if they're, they are reposting, like, for example, I said earlier in one of my packages, I will repost a reel to TikTok. I make sure that there's no Instagram branding because when it goes over to TikTok with that Instagram logo, it's not going to perform. So that's something you may want to look out for. Um, Hopefully a seasoned content creator will know not to do that. 
Okay, so I definitely do a combination of a few things. I'll I'll edit in CapCut, actually. That's usually my favorite one to edit with. And I, I will typically film everything just, like, natively in my phone camera instead of filming it in the app. I find it easier to just upload things to the app versus trying to shoot the content in the app because sometimes you get different watermarks and logos and that causes problems when you're posting across different channels. So I like to film within my camera app on my phone. I will usually upload that content to TikTok or Instagram, for example, to edit, or I'll edit in CapCut and then just post to both platforms. It really just depends on how intense the editing process is. If it's going to be like a lot of jump cuts, I will edit it in CapCut just to make my life easier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So then from a content perspective and let's just say Sephora, when they are hiring you, are they giving you ideas of what they want you to do? Or is that up to the influencer to decide how it fits best with their brand? Oh, good question. I would say a larger brand like Sephora, they're going to have probably quite a bit of rules about how the collaboration is going to go and the type of content they're looking to source. But I would say my favorite type of collaborations are the ones where I do get a lot of creative freedom. I'm really careful about looking to the contract to see the things I need to include when I'm working with a partner, making sure I'm catching different hashtags they want me to use, tagging the right brand handle, things like that. But ideally, they've chosen to work with me because they like my content and I know what my audience will interact with and engage with. So those are my favorite types of collaborations. But the more corporate brands, they're definitely going to have much stricter requirements. And sometimes they have compliance or HR that they're answering to. So it just Mm -hmm. depends, really. Okay. But from a business perspective, if you're looking for something specific, it's okay to include that in the contract and give that direction to the influencer that you're hiring, if that's important to you. Oh, no. it, It is totally fine to do that. And honestly, I welcome it. If there's... If they've seen a piece of content recently that they enjoyed and it aligns and it makes sense, please send it my way because it makes it easier on me as a creator to kind of come up with something that fits their needs when they, I, I love providing a mood board and I love it when the brand provides a mood board too. So it it can go both ways. Cool. Is there like any like specific content that you absolutely love doing that, you know, converts? I think for me, it's just keeping up with the trends and making sure that I can find different ones that will connect and make sense for different, different products I'm promoting. But I would say for me, my beach content always performs. I mean, I'm a Florida based content creator. I like promoting my lifestyle and how I get to live every day. Like I'm on vacation and, and that's what I try to incorporate into my content every day. Cool. So you're going to take your mascara from Sephora and go to the beach and do your makeup. (laughs) I'll, I'll showcase how it can last even when I'm swimming and all that. Exactly. <laughs> love it. Love it. That's amazing. It's so easy when like it literally just fits into your lifestyle or your brand. Cause it's like, Absolutely. sometimes you see it, it's like someone's talking about completely something that they mm-hmm. would never use. And you can, you can literally hear it in their voice. You can see it. Like it has to be authentic. So I love that you mentioned that too. It's like, how can you incorporate someone's product or, into your life to get them the results, but 
train of thought just went here. We're talking a lot about products specifically. Have you done any influencing from like a service perspective? Interesting. I'm trying to think of a time where I have, I'm sure I have. I just worked with a kayaking company here in St. Pete. So I guess that's sort of like a service, but yeah, I'll have to think about that some more and see Mm -hmm. if I can remember. But I think it's similar. I mean, when, whether it's a physical commodity or a service, you know, I think a lot of times with services, it works well to do referral based partnerships too. That's always a good Mm -hmm. avenue to explore. Amazing. Cool. Amazing. Awesome. So I'm trying to think of any other questions I want to ask you from an influencer perspective. Is there any other tips that you want to give a business owner if they're looking to hire an influencer? I would just say really just in general, as far as content, not even just hiring an influencer. I see this a lot with my clients as well, but a lot of times people will just start throwing content out there and just hoping it sticks. And I think it's important to be strategic to really find the mix and make sure that you are posting quality content instead of just posting a lot of quantity. You want to keep your audience in mind as you're crafting your content and make sure that you are providing some value. So they always say educate, inspire, and entertain. And I think it's important to keep those pillars in mind as you craft your own content, as well as when you work with content creators on providing content for your brand. And it's nice when you work with a influencer and you're able to repurpose the content on your channels as well. So I think keeping that in mind when you're providing some guidelines as far as the aesthetic or kind of what you're looking for out of the collaboration that will definitely lead to content that you can use and repurpose throughout the years or months. Cool. Okay. Actually on that topic. So if you're posting on Instagram, you can now add them as a collaborator. Is that what you do? Or Mm -hmm. do you typically send the brand, the content, so then they can use down the road? Yeah. So I almost always send the brand, the content before I post anything, just so I can ensure that it aligns with, you know, their values and their, their content that they're wanting to get out of this, make sure that we're hitting all the points we need to. But some brands have requested that I use the collaboration feature. I actually like it because it means that my content will go out to a larger audience. So I don't mind doing it. I know some content creators charge a little extra for that. So that's something to keep in mind. But you also have to keep in mind usage fees and licensing. Sometimes when I work with brands, I require that they license the images if they're going to use them across different channels. So if they're going to be using them in digital campaigns or paid advertisement, if they're going to be using them in print advertisement, I usually ask for more just because my content was designated for social media and I'm fine with organic social media use, but I typically will charge a licensing fee for anything beyond that. Oh, interesting. Actually, that's a great point. So is that in your contract? Like, let's say that you didn't talk about that in the beginning, then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I want to use this for a paid ad. Like, do you have that written in a contract that they have to come back to you to be able to use it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's typically in my contracts or sometimes I've posted just tagging different brands of products I like that I just, it wasn't a collaboration or anything. And they'll be like, can we use this on our socials? And I'll be like, well, actually I do have licensing fees. Happy to discuss them with you should you be love interested it. love it isn't it wild what you can do with social media now <laughs> it really is that's amazing the whole new world yeah <laughs> no and i'm glad that you're truly living the lifestyle where you can 
work from social media from anywhere at the beach or whatever like that it's really really awesome to see you going out there and living your life but also inspiring people to leverage the platforms like so many people like even pre-covid like they're so hesitant to be on the platforms and didn't want to waste time but it's like it literally can change your life in such a dramatic way like I'm sure you didn't wake up one day and like I'm going to be an influencer on Instagram it just kind of happens and then it goes from there so it's, it's really cool so you should be proud of where yeah. you came from Oh, thank you so much. It it really is. I just love doing it. And, you know, I really do think that anybody can do it. It's just finding that commitment and you have to want it. You definitely have to want it because it is a lot more work than I think people let on. But mm-hmm. if you want it enough and you stick to it and work hard, anybody can do it. Yeah. So what is one thing that you actually hate about it? Throwing you on the uh, spot. <laughs> Ooh, that's that's a fun one. I don't love negotiating personally. So when I'm going back and forth with the brand, it's, it feels like when you go to a yard sale and you haggle with somebody, but it's you're you're dealing with bigger numbers for sure. It just doesn't come natural to me, but it is something I've worked really hard at. And it's something I do think I've gotten pretty good at. So mm-hmm. it's it's satisfying when you win, but the process is is definitely tough. Yeah, yeah. Well, down the road, you can have an agent to take care of that for you. And you just got to go Absolutely. hang out and take the content and do what you like to do, which is down the oh road thing gosh. for you. Be a dream. <laughs> Amazing. So where can people find you? I know you mentioned your Instagram handle previously, but remind us where we can find mm-hmm. you. Absolutely. So I'm at Hello Emily Aaron on pretty much any platform that you're looking on. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, the works. So hope to see you there. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You've given us a lot of tips. I'm sure if you want to hire an influencer or if you want to be an influencer or content creator, reach out to Emily. She can guide you in the right direction. But thank you so, so much for being on this podcast episode with me. I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much, Emily, for joining us and sharing your insights on all things influencer marketing. I'm sure our listeners will be able to take away a ton of value and tips on how to actually use influencer marketing to grow their business. So I greatly, greatly appreciate everything that you have done. I greatly appreciate you for giving us your time. Thanks for our listeners for being here today. Make sure to reach out to Emily if you have any questions about either becoming an influencer, hiring an influencer, or even if you want to hire her specifically for any content creation for your brand and business, regardless if it's a product or a service, she can definitely help you out. So thanks again for listening and I will see you next week. Bye for now. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on this episode. I am so grateful that you show up each and every week. I hope these tips and tricks have brought you some new ideas and new inspiration for your business. If you love this conversation, let me hear it. Leave us a rating and review on the More Than Social podcast and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Share it with someone who you know needs this message and together, let's make an impact and let's make a business that we love. I'll see you next week. Thank you.